Okay, I'll read you from Romans, Romans chapter 8, page 26, right through 39. Very interesting. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know how to pray as we ought, but that very Spirit intercedes with sighs too deep for words. And God, who searches the heart, knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. We know that all things work together for good for those who love God, who are called according to his purpose, for those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, in order that he might be the firstborn within a large family. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. For all of us, will he not with him also give us everything else? Who will bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies, who is to, to condemn. Is it Christ? Jesus, who died, yes, who was raised, who at the right hand of God, who indeed intercedes for us, who will separate us from the love of Christ, will hardship or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword, as it is written, for your sake we are being killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep to be slaughtered. slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Thanks, Thanks be to God. God. Thank you very much for this invitation. It means so much to be able to, to visit again in this way and um, to be able to bridge, bridge the gap of geography. It's, uh, it's two o'clock in Toronto right now, but it, it means so much to be able to spend this lovely morning or afternoon with you. Uh, welcome to my kitchen. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it, it, um, I'm really grateful for being formed at St. George's and being formed in this community. 
and uh, and it means a lot to be able to come back and to uh, to prepare this this message for you. So let us pray together. Eternal God, you are the beginning, the middle, and the end. Guide us so that our steps may be in your way. Keep us, keep us close and let us experience the comfort of your presence and the strength of your word. And may the words of my mouth, the thoughts and meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight. About one hour's drive north of Vancouver on the Sunshine Coast is one of the most premier climbing areas in North America, the Stamus Chief. This piece of solid granite sticks up like a wall over 2,300 feet in the air. And in the summer and the fall, you can see rock climbers at various levels of their ascent. It's not uncommon for climbers to even spend the night in a sort of tent-like contraption when the day has ended and they've had to put off their attempt for the summit until daylight resumes the next day. There's a dizzying sort of equipment that's necessary for such a climb. It does, after all, take a lot of work to go against gravity. The climbers carry all their ropes, their harnesses, carabiners, and fall protection with them, especially bringing food and water to make the climb up. As you pull off to the side of the road and grab your binoculars, you can see the climbers slowly making their way towards the summit. What has struck me about climbing is how much of a team sport it actually is. You see, as the climber is scaling the rock, the lead, their climbing partner below is ensuring that the correct amount of tension on the rope is available for them. This keeps them safe by making sure that they, uh, they're not able to fall. From the ground, it's often difficult to see the rope. It looks like this thin piece of cotton thread, yet nevertheless, it's a vital piece of safety equipment that ensures everybody's safety. In this morning's scripture passage, Paul is a little more than halfway through what is considered to be the premier document of Christian theology, his letter to the Romans. And the church is in hard times. In fact, it's suffering. Not only were the early Christians viewed with scorn and contempt, but they were being actively persecuted and driven to the absolute margins of society, ridiculed for their concern for the poor and disadvantaged, mocked for being egalitarian and elevating the role of women, and rejected for their refusal to worship Caesar as God, the church in Rome faced so many trials. In our passage today, Paul is writing about both an internal and external struggle that believers are going to face. At the start in verse 26, he mentions, he writes that the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know how to pray as we ought but that very spirit intercedes with sighs too deep for words. And God, who searches the heart, knows what is the mind of the spirit. 
the word searcher here describes something more than simply looking for something misplaced like car keys or a cell phone when you're rushing out the door, but to really search, to get a flashlight and go slowly through a dark room full of all sorts of things. When you're looking for that one thing in particular, or perhaps it means searching the dark by listening. There is no doubt that God, in searching the dark places of our hearts, comes across all sorts of things that we would rather remain hidden. But the thing is that God is wanting to find above all else, and which Paul says he will find in the heart of all Christians, is the sound of the Spirit's groaning. The second external experience of suffering Paul writes about is the hardship, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, the peril of the sword. And he quotes here Psalm 44. For your sake we are being killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep. Paul doesn't mince his words here. He's speaking forcefully that suffering lies at the heart of Christian faith. Our faith isn't just some means of escape where we can abdicate and flee when we see hardships ahead. But the distinguishing characteristic of the Jesus way is the capacity to suffer alongside others. Fleming Rutledge says that our path is grounded in the real struggles of flesh and blood people, people who sometimes irritate us to no end, who drive us up the wall, but are nevertheless given to us by God to be our neighbors. St. Paul is not just speaking about hearts and valentines, but to act in love toward one another, because it's the only way that we can truly embody the life of Jesus, who gave himself up to his enemies and a terrible death for our salvation. Suffering in our society remains a taboo topic among the likes of politics, sex, and money. It's a difficult subject to acknowledge. And in reality, most of us hope to get over or to avoid it by denying its very existence. There was an article in the newspaper a few weeks back about an amusement park that was looking to reopen. And in an effort to reduce the spread of COVID, the park management had banned screaming on roller coasters. They created a new policy to get people to scream inside their hearts instead of at the top of their lungs. Can you imagine that? Being strapped in a roller coaster, flying on the track in the loop-de-loop -loop at over 100 miles per hour, and having to be silent? In truth, it kind of does feel like we're riding a terrifying roller coaster and being encouraged to just scream inside our hearts. COVID has stolen a lot from us. The lives we took for granted have been flipped upside down. Vacations have been canceled. Concerts have been indefinitely postponed. Stores and businesses closed. Our community resources, like the gym and other community centers, have been taken by the virus too. This has been a time of change and transition, where a phone call or a conversation at the end of a driveway has replaced the opportunity to get together. The good news is that God enables us to be completely honest with the situation. While we may not be physically attached to God with harnesses and climbing ropes, 
Paul famously writes, he who did not withhold his own son, but gave him up for all of us, will he not also give us everything else? There is now no more condemnation. When we get Christ, we get it all. There's nothing that can separate us from the love of God. And we can find hope in the midst of this hardship because this is where we find Jesus actively working to rectify everything back to him. Jesus knows what it is to suffer. Jesus experienced the death of his friend Lazarus being isolated during his arrest and trial, and worst of all, feeling abandoned by his father. And yet Jesus did not scream inside his heart. He cried aloud for all to hear, Father, why have you forsaken me? That gives us permission to do the same. Jesus did not remove himself from suffering. He entered into it, and he enters into our suffering. Because we are in God and nothing can separate us from that love. Because resurrection, not death, has the last word. Therefore, our cries will turn into sin. This past Friday was the death of John Lewis. John Lewis was the son of sharecroppers and marched with Martin Luther King Jr. in Selma, Alabama. He spent his life dedicated to the civil rights movement eventually getting elected to the House of Congress, where he was known as the conscience of the house. John was the third of ten children, and growing up would split his time between school and the fields, leaving at harvest time to pick cotton, corn, and peanuts. He was first arrested as a young man in 1960, when he was detained for taking part in a restaurant sit-in in Nashville, Tennessee. After that first arrest, Mr. Lewis lost his family's goodwill. When his parents had learned that he had been arrested, they were ashamed. They taught him as a child to accept the world as he found it. When John asked his parents about the sign saying, colored only, they told him, that's the way it is. Don't get into trouble. But getting into good trouble became the motto of his life. Paul articulates that in everything God works for good with those who love him. I used to have this larger-than-life view of suffering, that Christian suffering means standing up to tyrants. And now I realize that for most of us, it means something less glamorous and a little more ordinary, being mindful of the needs of others. That living a life shaped by the cross doesn't necessarily involve lying in front of a tank. It might mean making a call to a bereaved person. It might mean reaching out to a person of a different background. It might mean asking your children or spouse to forgive you for your defects. It might mean confronting a friend about a self-destructive habit or asking for help with one's own self-destructive habits. In everyday situations like these, we are among those who for Christ's sake are being killed all day long. And yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. In his memoir, John Lewis writes about what he learned from his seminary professors. 
And something that struck out to me was when he wrote, suffering can be nothing more than a sad and sorry thing without the presence on the part of the sufferer with a grateful, with a graceful heart, an accepting and open heart, a heart that holds no malice towards the inflictors of his or her suffering. Now, this line can be difficult to internalize, but according to Paul, because Christ loves us, we are already given this type of heart, even when no one else does. And because of this, we are assured that in all things we are more than conquerors through him who loves us. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, or anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, who is our Lord. Amen. All right, let us open our hearts, find our voices, and sing the new words to this beautiful um, version, this traditional melody, an Irish song, uh, originally Wild Mountain Time. Here is more voices, 79, Spirit, open my heart. Each thought, what 